0: You're listening to the St. Mark's podcast for March 19, 2023, the fourth Sunday in Lent. Today's sermon was given by the Reverend Elizabeth Garnsey. It's based on John chapter 9 verses 1 through 41. If you watched the Oscars last Sunday, you might have seen that Malala Yousafzai was there. She was co-producer of a short documentary that was nominated to win. As you might remember, Malala is the Pakistani peace activist who was shot in the face by the Taliban when she was 15 years old for speaking out against the prohibition of education for girls. Two years later, after she recovered, she received a Nobel Peace Prize for her advocacy work. So it was jarring to watch Jimmy Kimmel, the Oscars host, ask her a pointless question about some sold pop, pop culture drama. In what seemed like a clearly unexpected moment, Malala looked not exactly offended, but caught off guard. And yet, she was able to answer the question with total clarity of vision that has guided her entire life as she calmly replied, I only talk about peace. The moment was more awkward for viewers than it was for Malala, it turns out. In interviews about the incident, she was good-humored and said she enjoyed Jimmy Kimmel's jokes and the whole Oscar experience. And the next day, she calmed the social media frenzy that rose up against Jimmy Kimmel in the aftermath with another serene response on Twitter. She posted, treat people with kindness. Even in all the glare of Hollywood glitter, she could see through to what was real and what really matters. And name it in just a few words I only talk about peace and treat people with kindness Malala can see what her life is about and she lives up to that vision in our gospel from John Jesus brings sight to the eyes of a man who was born blind as you may be aware either from your own study or maybe you listen to our podcast this week that in the ancient world, illness or disability was thought to be a consequence for sin, either one's own sin or that of one's parents. This belief accounts for why the disciples could ask Jesus so matter-of-factly, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? So Jesus' answer is more radical than it sounds. He bucks the whole belief system when he tells them that nobody sinned. The man was just born blind and simple, but he would use the man's blindness as an opportunity to bear the light of God into the world, at least for those who have the eyes to see. Jesus has a clarity of vision for what his life is about, so much so that he doesn't get caught up in the games of blame and shame and wrongdoing that so grip his culture. And even after Jesus heals the man who has never seen with his eyes before, but can now see. The morality police can still only see as far as blame and shame and wrongdoing. It's striking how little they make of that shocking reality that the man is healed. He can see for the first time in his life. Instead, they focus on the reasons why it shouldn't have happened. Jesus violated the Sabbath law, one of the 10 commandments. How could this healing be from God who gave the commandments? Was the man even telling the truth? Was he really the leader they knew from the gate, the man born blind? What business did Jesus have healing someone born entirely in sin? Now, what do they do with such a man? Is he no longer sinful? Does he deserve a better life than begging at the gate? There's a whole lot of seeing and not seeing in this story but only a little bit of it has to do with the man who had been born blind. Never in the history of the world had a person blind from birth regained their sight. It was a new thing. And Jesus violated the Sabbath law by healing on that day. And the crowd and those who think they are the moral authorities in this story are viscerally uncomfortable with someone breaking rules to reveal something new most especially uncomfortable with something new about God and about how, when, and through whom God could be working in the world. Also, they don't like to know that they don't like when a person can change. They don't like to know this blind man now as a man who can see. He belongs at their gate, not in their midst. The man's newfound sight and liberation from his disability and on a Sabbath day, bears witness to a new creative act of God. How can this be? Where will they fit Him in now in their neatly organized system of right and wrong and their understanding of God's rules? The leaders in the gospel are always asking, wondering how anything can take place apart from their legalistic, protective safeguarding of their tradition and their hold on the truth. It is a challenging thing when incontrovertible truth and change comes to a community. If you're afraid of change, beware of God. To the outcast man born blind, Jesus gives him not only physical sight, but also the ability to see with spiritual eyes and heart. And it is his spiritual sight that upends the class system in which he lives. Our former presiding bishop Frank Griswold's funeral was yesterday in Philadelphia. Father Father Peter was there in person while I tuned in to the live stream to celebrate this holy man's singular life and ministry. Griswold's obituary in the New York Times last week mentioned that when he was consecrated as presiding bishop at the National Cathedral in 1998, he expressed his desire to be a unifying bishop and to remind the community continually that truth is larger than any one perspective. Thank God he was up to the task, because ironically, his term coincided with one of the most fractious periods in our church's history. It was that time when Bishop Gene Robinson was elected to New Hampshire, and he would become the first openly gay bishop. And because it was something so new, it exposed division throughout the Anglican Communion. But ever dedicated to healing our schisms and rebuilding the church in the service of the gospel and for the sake of the world, Griswold said, what would happen if instead of defensively declaring where we stand, we asked questions of one another, such as, who is Christ for you? What does the church mean to you? How have you been challenged to read the gospel? He said, Are we afraid that if we ask such questions, we might have to modify our position? Are we afraid we might have to make room for the equity and paradox of another person's truth? He likened our acceptance of new discoveries in science and medicine to our need to open ourselves continually to the possibility of new discoveries of spiritual insight, even new discoveries of human sexuality and all sorts of areas that might divide us. I will always remember and give thanks for the way Bishop Griswold held open this possibility that God can and does do new things in us, in our our world all the time. And that truth is always unfolding before us if we want a blind eye to it. The spiritual life is about seeing more than doing. Spiritual life is a relationship with God before it is a set of rules and rituals. This is what our lives are about. We are alive to be in a relationship with God. That is the clarity of vision we too often cannot see. Rituals and rules can and do help us and give our lives rhythm and structure. But true meaning is in the relationship with God and with one another that grows when the light of the world illumines our inner lives and gives us spiritual eyes to see where we've been blind and helps us to see what is gold and not just glitter. Last week, when Jesus met the woman at the well, he saw right into her heart, right into her life. And it was living water he offered her, not a bucket of water in her face, as he illuminated her whole life for her. He gave her communion before conversion. And here again, when the man with blindness is made to see, he's driven out of his community, and Jesus goes to find him and extends communion to him, not conversion. For the Pharisees, the light of God in this moment is blinding. They can only see things the way they've always seen them. Jesus could see them, but they couldn't see Jesus. Likewise, the man with blindness couldn't see Jesus. But when Jesus saw him, the man could hear Jesus' voice, and he responded. He was found by Jesus, and his life was changed. Sometimes we may not even know we have blind spots or know where they are. Often they need to be shown to us by others. In many ways, we may have been blind from birth, or for as long as we can remember. But even in our blindness, we are seen by Jesus who calls to us and longs to open our eyes and to be the light in our world and to commune with us. And in communing with him, we will begin to have that clarity to see that this relationship with God is what our lives are all about.